When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Last Stand Podcast. And here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right. Welcome to The Last Stand, the unfiltered straight talk from some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. And today our guest comes from the sport of boxing. And without question, he is the hottest young star in the sport. He is the unified lightweight champion of the world. He's known as the takeover. He's none other than Tiafimo Lopez. Champ, welcome to The Last Stand. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Brian. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's really good to have you on. So, so let's get right into it, because what has life been like for you after you get, without question, the biggest win of your career, and you beat the man who everyone basically thought was pound for pound, best fighter in the world, and some thought unbeatable? Um, no, you know, um, I think the, you know, that night after, you know, the, everything happened, and, you know, we had, you know, we got all the belts, and, uh, you know, all those things, man, um, I think I took all that in that day, you know, and that's the type of person I am. You know, um, I enjoy it for that moment, that night. And then, you know, the next day I move on to what's more at task for me. And, um, you know, but, you know, the only thing that has changed now is just, um, you know, recovery, how to get surgery on my right foot. Um, you know, and the things is now is just trying to stay active as much as possible, even though, you know, I'm injured in, in one area. You know, it doesn't mean that I can't work up top and everything and stay fit because I know we got these hung, you know, these young hungry lions trying to come at me as well. So, you know, we're ready for everything. Did you injure the foot in the fight? Um, Actually, no. You know, um, I actually injured I injured it about like a month before the fight. <laughs> um, However, though, um, I didn't think it was this bad. So, you know, you know, we just – you know, I just started to work around it, put tape around my, my foot and everything and just uh, just find different ways. You know, um, it, we're so close to, you know, fight time and during that time. So, you know, things like that. Um, come to find out, I had a torn, I had a complete torn ligament and wow. um, some some fractures in my foot. And, uh, you know, come come fight night, of course, it was bothering me. But, you know, we had brought we had bought some brand new shoes and um, I had double socked my foot. So that way it could at least keep that mobility that I needed to uh, during the fight. Uh, Tiafimo, what did your win and the way you got it, what do you think you you proved to your critics? Um, I think what I really did prove is that, you know, um, yeah, I may be young, but it doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm doing when I'm in there. 
you know, and I think what I prove to everyone is that I am the best, you know, uh, we talk a lot, absolutely, but we get to back it up, you know, and, and I think the only time I get to back it up is when I'm in that ring uh, to prove it to everyone. I think I showed everyone that night that I am the truth, I am the takeover, and uh, we did a lot. You know, I think that we broke um, a barrier there that was there for the longest uh, for the new generation. Um, you listen, you were always confident going into the fight. Uh, what do you think, uh, or what did you see that others didn't when you looked at Lomachenko? Um, I think what people didn't see is that you got to dance with the man. In, in, in a sense, if you think about it, you have to move with him. If he moves one way, you got to move with him in that, in, that, in, in that perspective, you know, and take a step back while you do it because he has short arms. So, um, and he has to be in range. And I think that was the thing that if you, if you notice after the fight, he even says it, that it was hard for him to reach me. Um, and the reason why is because we made sure that we stood at bay. You know, he couldn't – and when you take someone out of that comfort zone, um, their whole game plan, it's very difficult for them. And then, and then they get frustrated, and then they start headbutting you. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you think you, what do you think you proved to yourself with that victory and that win? Uh, I proved to myself that sky's the limit, you know, and, and I think that uh, there's so much more that I, I need to um, work on at the same time. Uh, and I think as, as well, I, I think I've shown myself that as long as you put your mind into something and you're determined to do it, you are going to achieve it. And I think that was the best thing about it. And I showed myself that, hey, um, no matter what age you are, no matter, it's all about how bad you want something. And, and, and that will take you a long way. You know, have faith in, in God and, and, just, and, he'll, and just have him take the wheel for you, you know. You, you, what did you think of uh, Lomachenko coming out immediately, basically after the fight, and letting everyone know that he needed uh, surgery on his right shoulder uh, after the <laughs> fight, and said that it, it bothered him so much that he couldn't even throw really his right hook like he like he needed to? Um, I think honestly, it sounds like a Mayweather-Pacquiao situation. Um, you know, uh, I think that honestly, um, you know, take the loss. And, and work on work on what you need to work on um, and probably work your way down to 130, you know. Uh, mm. However, you know, um, I think a lot of people are just focused on that. So, you know, um, I was dealing with injuries throughout, that, uh, throughout camp as well, you know, and obviously it shows. Um, I think that mainly what it takes from that is that you have to understand, and I think this is for every athlete, not even just in boxing, you're not going to go into some type of competition 100%. There's always going to be some type of issue, you know, even when it comes to contact sports, you know, when anything like that, uh, there's a high risk that you're not going to come in 100 uh, percent come fight night. So or game day. And I think that you just got to find different ways. And I think adversity for me, um, I take over that always. Uh, do you think uh, you guys are too big, too strong for him at 135 that he, he needs to be at 130? Um. I think that he's shown that he could stay at 35. Absolutely. I think he's faced uh, top contenders and top fighters that have um, dominated the division at 135. However, um, I think for someone like myself, he won't be able to, even if uh, they were talking about rematches and everything like that. Um, it just, it was stay. you could do it a hundred times and Teofimo comes out victorious a hundred times. Um, now I think really what it needs to do is he needs to just go back to where he's more comfortable and where he's uh, more fit at, and I think 130 would be his best suit mm. for, his, for the rest of his career. Yeah. Uh, do you see a rematch at all in the future? 
No, you know, they didn't give me a rematch uh, clause at all in the contract. Uh, he didn't agree to one. So we were like, okay, I guess we're not doing a rematch. You know, um, obviously he was the A side for this fight. I was the B side. Um, so he calls the shots, whatever he wanted for this, uh, for this contract, for the fight to happen. Um, we agreed to all the terms. And I think, honestly, I think it's a lot of people that are just upset that they didn't see this happen. You know, that they didn't expect this to happen. You know, they expected for Loma to win and, and go and do what Loma does all the time. Um, and, you know, forget about Teofimo. You know, he doesn't need a rematch. But now that Teofimo won, you know, everyone is demanding for that. So I think, honestly, it's just uh, we move on now, you know. Uh, talk to me about the takeover because you mentioned it. Would you come up with it and let everyone know the meaning behind it? So the takeover can mean a lot of things um, in, in terms of the fact of what do you want to do in, in, in your life or what do you want to do in your career? Uh, you take over um, someone that is above you, you know, you got to knock them down so you can get there too. That's taking over. Um, and how, I, how we look at it, I mean, it came back, it, the takeover actually came, it was created with my sister, um, my older sister, uh, back in 2017. And we were coming up with different names and trying to figure out things. And she was like, you're going to take over the world. And I was like, wait, say that again. She was like, take over the world. And I was like, wait, okay, the takeover. How about the takeover? And, and I think that's where he created everything back in 2017. And um, what it really means, though, man, is uh, the fact that even now, you know, um, you could be young, you could be anything like that. Uh, people could underestimate you. But as long as you stay focused on what's at task and um, you're just beating everybody in front of you, you're, you're beating the top competition in front of you, you're taking over, you know. And um, a lot of that comes with um, – even now, the new generation, we are taking over. You got the Shakur Stevensons, Edgar Belanga. You have um, so many, so many. You got Jerron uh, Boots Ennis. You have so many guys that are in the, in the cusp of taking over as well. And, and it's a great feeling for this new generation coming up. It's so funny you say that because we had uh, Shakur Stevenson uh, on the show. And I asked him about the future of boxing. And he said, myself, Tiafimo Lopez, he said, we will carry this sport for the next generation. So it's funny that you, you mentioned them. Oh, yeah. Um, me, and Sha me and Shakur, we talk about this. We're like, we're like the heads of leading the way for the, for the new generation, him and I. So, so we talk about it. He was like, go do your thing. And, and you started off. But I'm right there with you. And uh, we're going to do this together. So, you know, we talk back and forth about it. So it's pretty cool. Now, I love asking fighters this. If it's up to Tiafimo, put, put management aside. Give me your next three opponents. My next three opponents? All right. Um, if the Ramirez-Taylor fight happens at 140 um, and they fight, the winner out of that would be a, a, a great opportunity right there. Um, another fight would be uh, Tank Davis. Another fight also would be um, either Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney. Um, you know, but the thing is that they would have to probably meet me somewhere in the, in the middle of, of um, either weight class or any of those sorts. Um, I think, honestly, even my mandatories, I'm, I'm willing to take anything and everything. Uh, we beat the toughest guy that a lot of people weren't willing to face. And, and um, I think now it comes, uh, it comes to a point where, you know, we're just going to take over anyone else that, that is willing to step up to the plate. Yeah. Uh, how long do you see yourself at 135? How many more fights at 135? You know, that's, that's the thing. I don't know if it was a 10-month layoff. I don't know if it was due to the pandemic. And, you know, um, during that time, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was a little bit stressed out. The fact that we couldn't make the fight happen during, you know, myself and Loma in April. Then we pushed it for May. 
Um, I didn't have problems making the weight as for I just felt lighter than I did with the Kome fight, if that makes sense. Um, mm. Dense-wise, I just felt a little lighter than I usually feel um, at, at that weight. So um, I don't know, you know, I think really now it's just about we're just scope. We're just uh, scouting right now at the moment, you know, scouting who's going to be our next victim and who's going to be our next uh, next guy to pretty much um, set the tone for us for for what's what's at task for Teofimo. So do, do you see yourself going to 140, what, in a year's time or or I say half a year that, from that, about a, about a year from now? About six months to a year, I see myself. Okay. Um, and if not, uh, I don't know, man. I think that's why I'm still trying to stay active as much as possible. Um, I am a big 135 pounder. However, you know, um, I've been at this weight for seven years. There is a high possibility that I will be moving up to 140 soon, you know. Mm. And, and I was going to say your next fight, you, but you would see when, – when would you see your next fight? If, it, if in your mind, when do you see Tiafimo back in the ring? Uh, right now, I'm getting my house built uh, from scratch, and I'm waiting for that. It should be done by January, mid-January. Uh, we're talking about – and I'm, I'm converting my three-car garage into a, a mini gym, so that's real nice. Uh, I'm thankful for that. Uh, now it's just really – what we've been talking about is maybe March, April. That's what it looks like. Uh, Madison Square Garden is uh, the number one priority right there. That's the number one place that we want to do it uh, and where we want to make it happen, to come back with all the belts – uh, you know, and just have fans. That's the problem, though. That's where we're trying to we're trying to shoot for is the fans. And I would assume that next your next fight will still be at one thirty five. Um, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. you know that's that's yeah. that's that's the plan still as of right now. You know, we still like I said, scouting. We're trying to see now. We seen what Devin Haney did. We seen what Tank did. Tank did it at one thirty. So I don't know if he will shoot up to one thirty five yet. Um, even though I know that they said the belts were at thirty five and thirty. Um. And then now we're just waiting for Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. What, what did you think? What did you think of Gervonta's performance, the uppercut, uh, and the performance against Leo Santa Cruz? I think um, it was a great, it was a great matchup until it wasn't. You know, <laughs> um, Tank Davis. You know, he he's the bigger guy, and I think we all knew that. We all knew that coming into the fight that he was someone that would definitely hurt. So you know, hurt Leo Santa Cruz and. And we just didn't know what punch he would do it with. And, you know, that, that came to in the sixth round, you know. And um, I think, honestly, it showed before that, though, that Leo Santa Cruz had gotten the best out of him. You know, he just couldn't – he didn't have the punching power or, you know, he didn't have, he didn't have that to, to push uh, Davis back. We, we've seen video of you and Tank. I think you guys were teens at the time. We're sparring. Uh, and I think it was maybe your, your father who was taping it. What do you remember about that? And, and how long ago was that when you and Tank got that sparring session and it looked like it was going on in Vegas, I would assume? Oh, no. Actually, that, that sparring was – I was 15 and Tank was 18. So I was 15 at the time. I think I was about 120 – I was fighting at 100 and, 118 at that time. I was fighting either 118, no, 119 or 125 during that time. And, um, and uh, you know, what I can remember from it, I mean, Tank was already pro. You know, he was a bigger guy. You could see the frame on him. And uh, he looked like a Tank. You know, uh, <laughs> things have changed now. You know, we're talking about from 15 and now almost 10 years ago. You know, uh, 
it's a it's a big difference. So I think it's a great matchup if uh, if that ever comes about. You know, it's going to be difficult though um, with things that are being said. You know, with Floyd Mayweather saying that he will have to be the A side and stuff like that. It just those are the things that don't make a fight happen. You know, I'm willing to. I don't know what else do people want from Teofimo. You know, I shown that you know um, we'll take a lower cut to make this fight happen because the price afterwards is better. You know, it, it's worth it. You know, it's an investment right there. You got to lose money to make money, correct? Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's the only difficult problem. And I think that's probably Floyd's gateway to make sure that Tank doesn't have to face uh, a caliber fighter like myself. And, you know, now we just got to focus on who else is there to step up to the plate. You know, we have Devin Haney, but Devin Haney just was a poor performance. You know, that's someone that, that definitely has the skill sets to make a great fight. But that's later down in the years. I don't think that it will be as big as it probably will be in, let's say, in the near future, you know, or in the future. So now what's left is uh, Devin, uh, is Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell, you know, and, or my mandatories. So it's just there's many matchups. So let, let's take them one by one. Ryan Garcia says, you are not the king of the lightweight division. Uh, what are your thoughts on a Tiafimo Ryan Garcia fight. I know Bob Arum said it would probably be the most lucrative fight in the lightweight division. When do you think we could see, we could see a Tiafimo Ryan Garcia fight? I am the king of the lightweight division. There's no way around it. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, it's, it is shown there. You know, uh, when, when we stood up to the plate, when, that, when, that, when, when the Lomachenko fight was offered, we took it. You know, uh, there was many other fighters that wanted to wait, uh, like Tank Davis himself wanted to wait to 2022. Um, and there's so many guys. So if, if we want to talk about all these things, a fight with Ryan Garcia, I just have to see what he has to do first. You know what I mean? He does have the fan base and he does have that that's going for him. However, he is about to face with someone that definitely does have the skill sets to beat him. So um, I think that that fight is a 50-50 matchup. Um, and... Uh, uh, he has to do his part first before we even get to that. You know, that's the real truth. I, I can't say that, you know, a, a Ryan Garcia fight could happen and then Luke Campbell does something. So, you know, um, and everything's forgotten. So, uh, honestly, yeah. Uh, Devin Haney says, you can't be undisputed until you fight him. Uh, you, called, <laughs> you called his fight with Gamboa an email champion performance. Explain that to us. <laughs> um, how, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, the whole thing, man, Devin Haney, um, great talent, man, great talent. It's just that who has he beat for that? Who has he beat for that belt when he got it? If they ever even gave it to him about, and whoever he faced was, I think, ranked in the hundred. You know, he was either in the top one hundred that he faced. You know, uh, um, everything happened with Mauricio Suleiman. A lot of things with the WBC, uh, the way Mauricio is moving these belts, is kind of, it's, it's frustrating. It really is. Because I am the undisputed lightweight world champion, and, and there's others that are saying I'm not. So it is frustrating at that point. But uh, however, you know, Devin Haney with the WBC, he had, um, he had, I guess he won the interim, correct? Yeah, mm -hmm. won the interim. And for some reason, I never petitioned, though. You know that, right? I never petitioned for the uh, franchise belt, ever. Uh, what Mauricio said is, winner takes that belt. 
So if that's the case, then that means I am the undisputed lightweight world champion. Because if someone, hypothetically speaking, uh, in a in a whole nother world, someone was to beat me, they could collect that belt as well. You don't have to petition for it. So I don't know where they these guys get this from. Luke, uh, Lomachenko did what he had to do. He did what he did. Doesn't reflect on me. He had a WBC championship uh, when he beat Luke Campbell for the vacant one. And um, he is the rightful WBC world champion. The only thing is that they elevated uh, Devin Haney. And um, I don't think that uh, that he has the, the actual belt. I believe he has an email belt. <laughs> <laughs> an email belt. That's great. Uh, and uh, you talked about Gervonta. Could, could you see a Tiafimo Gervonta fight 2021 or 2022? I could see it uh, the end of this year with a with a broken foot. I mean, <laughs> you know, absolutely. I, I'm. I don't know what uh, a lot of these guys, man. Whether they talk about money and everything like that, um, I don't think that they're looking for the glory. They're looking just for a paycheck. And 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 I understand that. Yes, we risk our lives doing this, but there's so much more. You get more respect out of fighting the best. You know, instead of looking and carrying yourself that you got to keep that O and that perfect record of, of or that knockout streak to go, you know, go along with it. Um, you don't, you, Brian Custer, you're never going to have issues with me stepping up to the plate ever. I think I've shown that and I think I proved that to everyone. However, it's everyone on that side, the B side, that, that are not stepping up to that, stepping to the plate. And if anything, they may need to face themselves to show something. If me and Lomachenko face each other, why don't they do a matchup between one another? You know, show something. Show something. Yeah. yeah. You know? What do you uh, – when people come at you and they say, you're not undisputed, uh, what is Tia what is Fimo's response to that? I'm, you're a Devin Haney fan or, you know, you support that area. You don't understand what's really going on. Um, and you may not know the insides of it. So that everybody has their opinions, but I think everyone that does know boxing and like yourself, Brian, that have been in the sport for many, many years, probably long, longer than I have been in, in the pro, pro game for sure. Uh, I think you guys know that who is the actual undisputed world champion is Teofimo Lopez. So that only, that matters, you know, these are all casual fans. They only ride along with those that are winning for that moment. And then they move on to whoever else is next. Um, so it doesn't bother me. However, I just look at it like I did that part. Now let's do that 140. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is the lightweight division the best division in boxing now? I believe so. I believe it's the most, uh, it is the most top, top notch fighters, top caliber fighters in that division right now. Um, unlike 147, 147 definitely has high leveled skilled fighters in that weight division as well. Um, but the, I think the weight division that is making the most noise is 135. I mean, you have Odell Beckham Jr. who wrote to me. He says that that's all he, he tunes into is the lightweight division. I mean, that's big stuff. So, um, you know, I think that we're making big noise and there's a lot of potential fights that will happen. That will happen. I promise you and I guarantee you to the fight fans that that will happen. It's just a matter of when and where. You know, and, and I think that that is the only that is the problem. You know, we step up to anything. Just understand. Don't disrespect the king. The king is the A side, you know, <laughs> and that's Tiafimo Lopez. 
You got that right. <laughs> um, Mikey Garcia says he would entertain coming down to 140 for a fight against Tiafimo Lopez. What's your response? <laughs> um, you know, it's crazy, man. Uh, that's when you know you're doing big things. They're calling you out. You know, they need that. So uh, I think that it's uh, – those are potential fights, of course, man. I'm willing to step up to all those things, man. However, is what does Mikey Garcia bring to, bring to the table for me? Um, he's, been, he's been out the radar for a while now. Um, I even thought he retired at one point. So, um, you know, we's, we, there's so many options, you know, and we could definitely make happen. Uh, I won't be surprised if Adrian Broner calls me out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, but um, – but, you know, I think that uh, Broner has his respect towards with me. So I think that uh, we work on that. You know, he wrote to me. He said, good, good, good job, youngin. You know, you killed it. So, uh, you know, I take my hat off to that. And I appreciate it, man. Uh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. But you've never been shy uh, about telling people uh, how you really feel. Uh, have you always been like that? Um, yeah, man. Um, I, my father. Have you met my father? Uh, I've, I've corresponded with him, but I have not met him in person. Oh man, yeah. If it, it, I guess it's that that New York bred part of me. I may not have lived in New York for that long, but growing up with my father, my father was a uh, you know he lived in New York probably for like his whole life. So when they have something to say, they just say it. And and some people may not like it, you know. Um, how you know I just call it how it is and how I see it. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely do that. Uh, listen, you've never been shy about uh, your feelings. Uh, I think somebody had asked you about uh, Deontay Wilder and some of the, you know, the reasons why he's come up with why he lost to Fury. And I think you said, uh, "Stop acting like a bitch." Um, tell me, tell me what went into that. How how is he acting like a bitch in your your estimation? Okay, so I'm not I'm not discrediting his manhood. All right, let's say that. Okay, I'm not I'm not. Bashing his manhood, we know Deontay Wilder is a beast, an animal, and 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 he's a he's a bomb, bomb he's a bomb, he's a bomber. So um, when it comes to it, though, uh, I look at it as stop complaining about something that many people thought happened last year because of COVID, but it actually happened the beginning of this year. So a lot of people even think when I tell them, I'm like, this fight happened this earlier this year. They're like, wait, what? I thought it was last year. Um, so to get to the point. Uh, to talk about all those things and say that, you know, um, your corner spiked your water and, and, and making so many, many, I wouldn't say, I can't say excuses, but just finding ways to say why you lost uh, along with the 40 pound vest that you had worn walking in. It, it doesn't look good in his image. If anything, I'm trying to influence the man, influence the man to tell him the truth. Go back to the gym. You've had too much time in your hands, you know, go get a fight, right? go, go find, go look for a fight, whether it's with Dylan White or someone in, of those sorts, you know, if in, even if you want that tune up fight, you could have that and, and show everyone why you are still one of the top guys in the, in the heavyweight division. So if I'm calling someone a bitch, it's, it's just because, yeah, you are acting like one, you are acting like one. No, one's, no one cares about how you feel, Deontay. No one does, even if you put it out there. Oh, man, I feel bad that you got a dent on your head. Um, no, this is the fight game. This is war. This is, this is a man's sport. And, and, and if you're looking for closure and if you're looking for comfort, you're not going to get it here. Mm -hmm. And if anything, people are going to criticize you for it. So if anything, I'm just trying to look out for the man 
Um, and, and that's the thing, though. People are only going to take one thing that Teofimo said, and that was calling him a bitch. Yeah, um, she, I call myself a bitch when I'm acting like one because there's many times where, where, where it comes to about where like, hey, man, snap out of it. Yeah. Um, even on blood, sweat and tears. I'm like, I ain't no bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and it's just to remind yourself, hey, step up your game. Stop complaining. Get back to work. Got it. I got it. Uh, what's the message Tiafimo has for, let's say, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather Promotions, Oscar De La Hoya? Uh, and Golden Boy going forward, because obviously they they represent some of the big fighters there at your weight class. What's the message you have for them? Because uh, I know a number of people want to see you against Tank, want to see you against Ryan Garcia, want to see you against Haney. What's the message you have to them, to those promoters? Uh, to the promoters, man, uh, to the guys that I even looked up to growing up to this sport, you know, and, and thank you guys for paving the way, but you guys are no longer, you guys are no longer in the sport as in competition. Let these young guys get the exposure. Let them get, um, let them get their respect in those ways. You know, uh, let them fight the best, just like you guys both did, just like you guys showed us. Um, and I think that's, that's the change now. Um, these guys are put my respect as well. You know I earned it. You know I beat the, the top guy that many of you guys didn't think your young cats would do. And um, so I am the A-side. Just know that they are not, going to get what you expect them to get. However, they have many more, they have more opportunities, and that is I have all the belts. So that I bring a lot to the table. Don't fuck this up. And um, to all you guys, uh, to the promoters, man, um, let's just make big fights happen, man. Uh, I think that we've had, this is a new era. We are young. We're hungry. We have many ways to come back uh, if they lose. <laughs> and... Um, and you guys are the promoters, man. So let's uh, let's do this. You guys are no longer in the business in that aspect. Uh, and I understand you're trying to take care of your fighters, but um, let them let them fly. Let them fly. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned your father. He's certainly your trainer. Um, how would you describe that relationship? Uh, me and my father, man. Oh, it's it's definitely been a roller coaster ride for sure. However, though. Uh, I, I wouldn't want it no other way. I, his birthday is in, what's today, the 10th? His birthday's mm -hmm. in two days. My father's birthday's in two days, so uh, he'll be 52. And uh, I'm just blessed and thankful that I get to have my old man another year. You know, uh, it, we, it's a love-hate relationship at times. It's a father and son situation at times. And what it comes with is, you know, we have the coach and trainer. And what I look, for, what I look forward to, man, is the end of this year, man. Fighter of the Year, Teofimo Lopez. Trainer of the Year, Teofimo Lopez Sr. Uh, and Manager of the Year, David McWhorter. I mean, that's something that I definitely would put the icing on the cake and the cherry on the top for 2020. Yeah. Um, why does it seem, though, sometimes in, our, in this sport, when the father is the trainer, it doesn't work out? I think, you know, why it may not is just because you have to understand that there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be arguments and there's going to be things that, that we may not look, we may not see eye to eye. And what happens though, it turns into a personal situation rather than just business. Mm. And, and that messes up a lot of things rather than having just a random coach that you've had worked with throughout your years. And he's not your father. He doesn't have nothing personal with you. He's not your blood. But yet you, he is your coach. It's, it's a little bit different, you know, you know, because you guys at the end of the night, 
once the fight is over, you guys have go back to your lives again, you know, uh, rather than with the father and son, you guys still see each other. You guys still with each other and you guys are still around each other um, as because he's your father. Um, I think that's the problem. You can't mix business with pleasure. You can't mix business with personal. And, uh, and I think that's where me and my father were finding that medium now, you know, that, Hey, this is nothing personal. This is just business. You're my coach. This is the percentage you get. Um, you are, you have the best of both worlds. I have the best of both worlds. Um, and I'm always going to take care of you no matter what, cause I am your son at the same time. And I think that that really comes about, I mean, you still have many fighters that have their, their fathers with them and training them and, and in their corner. And um, I'm just happy to see that still still be about, you know. And you led into a question I had uh, for you. Do you think after uh, this victory you just had, should Tiafimo Lopez be fighter of the year? I absolutely believe so. Absolutely. And um, with great honor, I think that it, 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 it deserves right that I do. I think that um, a lot of things have happened. But uh, overall, man, um, just the fact that the type of fight we had, the type of grit that we showed in the last round, and the fact that the the history behind what we just did as the youngest, uh, whether they want to call it the youngest three belt uh, holder, the second youngest, or the, the youngest four belt holder, um, we made history. I believe that the fighter of the year definitely candidate is Teofimo Lopez, and I, I really believe so. And I hope the fans and everyone else can see that as well. Diafimo, for everyone who comes on the show, uh, we allow them to submit questions, man. And we got a number of them for you, so let's get right to them. We'll start from Twitter. Uh, this one comes from Rich. He says, rank in order yourself, Tank, Haney, and Ryan Garcia. Um, just like that, in that order. <laughs> <laughs> so Diafimo, Tank, Haney, yep. and then Ryan Garcia. Yes. Okay, yes, sir. It says this, this one from Twitter. It says, do you feel motivated to go after Tank and Haney because they have the two regular belts? Uh, no, I'm not motivated for that. I'm more, I'm more motivated for the fact that, you know, uh, I'm the man. I beat the man that was the man. And the fact that uh, just to put, more, to put more on my shoulder and just uh, to rub it in everybody else's face, I'd rather beat these guys as well, too. So... That's the only thing that's motivated me. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Twitter, Ronnie Boy. He says, uh, will you fight the winner of Ramirez Taylor when you move up to 140? Absolutely. That is 100%. Uh, we are under the same promotional company. We are under the, the same uh, network. So I think that it shouldn't be a no issues whatsoever. It should be just like as smooth as it was with the Lomachenko fight. Mm. Um. <laughs> we kind of discussed this one. This one comes from at Buddy Lee on Twitter. He says, if you see Deontay Wilder in person, would you still call him a bitch to his face? Yeah, I would tell him, like, hey, man, with all due respect and everything, just you, you sounding like a bitch. So, so, and whether he takes it or, and, you know, that's the thing, though. You know, I would talk to him first and tell him why, and then tell him, man, this is why you, act, you sound like a bitch. But you're not a bitch. You just sound like one. Right. <laughs> That's funny. This one comes from Facebook. Uh, says, why are you ducking Haney and Tank? I'm not. I, I don't. I, that, that's crazy, man. It's crazy how they say it, man. <laughs> you got to love them. You got to love them. You got to love them. Boxing social media. You can never win with them. I know. Tell me win. about it. 
<laughs> okay, Tia Fimo, we've come to the last segment of this show. We call it the last stand. I'm asking you a series of questions. You can give me the first thing, not the second, that comes to your mind. You ready? Oh, yeah. All, All right. right. Most dangerous fighter at 135, My not named Tia Fimo Lopez. Tia Fimo Lopez Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest puncher at 135. Teofimo Lopez Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the one fighter that upsets you the most? Ooh, uh, I was going to say Devin Haney. <laughs> and why? Why, why? why does Devin Haney upset you the most? Because he has a fake belt. <laughs> <laughs> in, in your opinion, where should Teofimo Lopez be ranked on the pound-for-pound pound list? Top five. Hmm, nice. And then last but not least, who's the best fighter to come out of Brooklyn? Ooh. Ah. <laughs> ah. There's a new era, so Teofimo Lopez. <laughs> I'm going with the new era. You hear You saw that, right? Right, right. <laughs> I love the caveat, the new era. Yeah, I love it. Champ, this was great, man. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. It's, it's great to, that you spent some time with us, and I yeah. wish you nothing but the greatest success in the future. Thank you so much, Brian. And man, it's it's a man. I had a great one on this one, man. This was yeah. this was definitely fun. This is uh, definitely worth it. Absolutely, folks. That's what we do here on the Last Stand. We bring you the biggest names in sports and entertainment. And listen. It doesn't get any bigger in the sport of boxing than Tia Fimo Lopez. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.